Hello, everyone, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Victorious Points Podcast. This podcast is your is your intersection where where gaming meets comics, meets sports, wrestling, as well as inspiration. I go by the name of King Von Junior. You can follow me on social media on Twitter at three hundred one King Von Junior. You can also follow me on Instagram Instagram at Mister King Von Junior. You can also follow the show's show's Instagram at Victorious Points Podcast. I'm also the social media producer for Unpopular Unpopular Review popular reviews wrestling show perfect plex talk radio and of course um you know so, you know so, so of course this past weekend was juneteenth as you know as well as as well as father's day um you know so of course you know ha- you know happy father's day you know i want to give you know happy belated you know a, a father's day, father's day to um you know um, shout out to those out there that celebrated i definitely look forward to you know look forward to the to the day in the season where i can tell ce- celebrate that as well um that's another topic for another you know another story whatever but um but of course um you know you know of course, of course I cer- certainly i cel- uh, help help, uh, help my dad celebrate his father's day gave him some great gifts and everything like that and um you know but of course but the big thing you know because it was june it's been juneteenth season um you know i you know of course I, you know had the honor and the and the privilege to to be able to go to uh to the first annual black wrestle fest in brooklyn so of course this this was you know over over the course of that weekend, you know, from the 18th through the 19th, everything like that, and so I had an incredible time. So shout out to everybody in New, in New York, you know, um, you know, for, for those that, that hosted and the hospitality that I received, I definitely appreciate it and support that, you know, you know, received everything like that. Um, you know, f- you know, first and foremost, I definitely want to give shout outs, to, you know, to those that participated, you know, that, that made this uh, what it, you know, that made this event what it was. Of course, Battle Club Pro. You know, they, they of course, they're the, because they're the ones that you know that, that were hosting, you know, that that uh, that that Sunday's event, um, you know, you know that Sunday's, um, you know, the, like I said, that that Sunday's, um, you know, Sunday's card. So, like I said, you know, shout out to Bat- Battle Club Pro, shout out to, of course, Jobberteers Pro- Podcast, um, you know, of course, starring starring Sir Wilkins, Mister Black, and of course Janelle from HR, you know, who's also part of Battle Club Pro as well. Um, you know, so, so, you know, so of course they're the ones that, that really collaborated to put this together more, um, of course, you know, of course, of course, I definitely have to give a shout out to pretty Hills shout out to them, you know, you know, of course, you know, of course they're, they're the main, they're the main ones, especially Danielle, um, the, you know, that really, uh, organized and orchestrated this, <clears throat> excuse me, or- orchestrated the, this event to come together and to collaborate and, and just, just just to do something special especially when it comes to when it comes to black wrestling when it comes to you know um black wrestling podcasters and and you know every, everything else like that um you know so of course shout out to pretty hills shout out to dirty hills you know like those dudes are hilarious um shout out to those wrestling girls uh, of course hardy wrestling podcast starring queens hosted by queen stephanie hardy herself of course shout out to wrestling realm with brian h waters um, Dwayne Allen, you know what I mean? That you know that, that whole team. I um, mean, of course, nephew Corey, nephew Corey. Shout out to, of course, Doctor D, who's the mastermind behind, you know, in, in regards to you know, in regards to networking and regards to just building sort of this empire when it comes to you know, when, when it comes to Black wrestling uh, podcasters and, and content creators and everything like that. So you know, if, if anything, that that's the ultimate visionary behind all this. So of course, shout out to you, sir. You are certainly. A genius for putting all this stuff together. Another shout out to, of course, Storyline Tees, incredible shirts, incredible merchandise. Um, you know, of, of, of course, like you know, of, of course, every, everything was was amazing, and the panels themselves 
were amazing. Uh, you know, especially when, especially when it, when it came when it came to well, when it came when it came to uh, when it came to the panel of you know in, in regards to um, in regards to like content creators. You know, the, the um, you know the, the one that they had you know featuring Sir Wilkins, Brian H. Waters, and others. Um, the panel that you know the, the panel when it came to Black women in wrestling. Of course, you know, like I said, shout out to Janelle from HR of Jabberteers Podcast. Shout out to Queen of uh, Queen Stephanie Hardy Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Shout out to Keeks of um of the Public Enemies Enemies Podcast as well. Um, you know, as well as well as uh, as well as MJ Jenkins. Um, you know, so like I said, if, if anything, I would have to say that that was my favorite uh, panel. Um, yeah, if, if anything, that is probably like my my. Uh, if anything, I'll say I'll say that was, that was my favorite. You know, uh, part part of Saturday, and of course, when, of course, when it comes to Sunday. Um, you know, of course, the uh, the battle battle club pro event itself. Uh, of course, shout out to Big Swole, who's still the battle club pro women's champion. Um, you know, of course, you know, of course, uh, you know, shout shout out to her as as you know as as well um, as well as as well as prolific as well as uh, you know um, you know and, and, you know as, uh, prolific Shane Taylor Promotions and everybody else like that. So you know, so the things I'm you know just for the sake of time, like I said, you know, I, you know, you know, like I said, uh, everything just overall was um, was incredible from start to finish. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, it was a phenomenal event, and I think it's just a sign of things to come. Um, you know, in, in regards to just this renaissance, especially during the summer, during you know during Juneteenth weekend and everything like that. So, um, like you know, like, like I said, you know, th- thank you very much for everybody who you know who made who made this event what it was. You know, and like I said, it was very very much spectacular, and it's only a sign of bigger things to come. But. Without further ado, the main thing that I really want to get into um, in this episode that I've been you know, I've been dying to get into this is a topic that I've been really, really just been biting um, to get into, and this is none other than my top ten factions of all time. And you know, of, of course, in typical fashion, I usually like to go from ten to one. And so, when it comes to factions. Uh, you know, f- factions have a, have a certain significance, a certain meaning um, when it comes to wrestling. Factions, much like tag teams, are you know are, are among the backbones when it comes to um, when it comes to wrestling in, in regards to you know in regards to just what makes wrestling tick. You know, and so factions, are, of course, have served a variety of purposes. Whether it is to um, push somebody who's you know you know who's pretty much like the marquee main star as you know as the ultimate sort of like needle mover pun intended if you will um you know of, you know of, of that faction uh, you know you know if, if anything you know fact you know factions like i said several variety of purposes you know so so if you have a main guy the per you know the purpose of, of that is, is to push that guy completely completely to the moon and to be you know pretty much like you know the, the main focus not only of the, of the faction but you know but hopefully the main focus of the promotion itself you know, and it's, and also, uh, you know, factions serve as, as serve as a vehicle to groom a future star. These also serve as you know as a purpose to you know to to, to of course, um, you know you know you know at least you know for, for add further dominance to let's say a tag team that's part of that faction. Um, and so you know, so everybody benefits in their own in their own way, whether it's the tag team, um, you know, mid card slash you know future star in the making. Or you know, like if anything, you know the, the you know the main guy that's front and center of it, um, and so like you know, so so of course, if anything, like my main criteria when it comes to these lists consists of uh, championship pedigree, in ring ability, match quality, um, 
box office, you know, drawing power and you know, everything like that. Just your overall importance when it comes to your promotion and just your overall importance when it comes to uh, changing the fabric of wrestling history. So without further ado, you know, it, um, you know, I'm definitely going to go into my top 10 factions at number 10. This was a really tough one. Um, and so, you know, but, but at the same time, I think just because of their collective success overall, um, you know, it, you know, like, you know, and the thing is, even though there weren't as many world champions, if you will, or as many like, you know, uh, consistent dominant champions what you know, during this factions time period as some of the ones I'm about to name ahead of them, but I have to go with the Heenan family and Bobby Heenan has a very strong case, even to this day to, you know, arguably still be considered the, uh, the greatest manager, especially heel, not only the greatest heel manager, but just the greatest manager period. Um, you know, it's, and so of course the Heenan, Heenan family consi- consists of the likes, of course, uh, you know, of, of Andre, the giant, Mr. Perfect, um, King Kong Bundy. I want to say big John stud as well. Uh, big John stud as well. Um, you know, the, you know, you know, you know, like I said, with them, um, the Brain Busters, even Ric Flair, you know what I mean? So, um, of course, a uh, ravishing Rick Rude, certainly, you know, you know, pretty much anybody that Heenan had his hands on was part of the Heenan family in some way, shape or form. And I think, you know, uh, and Heenan even managed, I believe he, uh, he, um, he managed, managed the, uh, let me slow down. Um, I, want to, I want to say he um, even managed, managed the, uh, the Blackjacks, I believe. Um, and so. So, you know, so, so like I said, you know, so, you know, so like I said, in, in regards to, just, you know, like I said, just their just their collective success, um, you know, like, you know, pretty much individual greatness and just the impact that, you know, that um, the that, that Heenan had on each of their careers, you know, to, to, guide, to guide them to a certain level of success and, and, and like the biggest obstacle that they had, you know, of course, um, ultimately, ultimately was HH, you know, a guy that we're not not going to acknowledge as you all know um you know but you know but, uh, but i'll say that the closest that the heenan family got to that was you know of course wrestlemania 3 um you know but but even a year later of course you know of course that, that of course that's um, that's when andre ended up winning the title but um you know but you know but, but of course you know we all know how you know how that turned out um you know so, so of course for that i have the heenan family at number 10. at number nine i have the bullet club and the bullet club you know, and, and there's no shade. They're pretty much uh, catered to, you know, more so the hot topic wrestling crowd, if you will. Um, and, if, and the thing is, very the, the you know the Bullet Club, the Bullet Club has you know has certainly has certainly you know cre- you know created had, has certainly had a huge let's say uh, cultural impact, not just in wrestling, but you know, but just even even the culture in general. You know, of course, there, there are different variations that you know that, that consists of the, the likes of Prince De, the Prince DeVitt version of the Bullet Club, the AJ Styles version of the Bullet Club, the Kenny Omega version of the Bullet Club, whichever one take your pick. And so um you know so so of course when it comes to New Japan, there's certainly the greatest faction to ever come out of New Japan. Um you know if, if you know if it, and certainly that they're one they're one of the you know they they have a very strong case of being one of if not the greatest non WWE faction of all time or at least non mainstream faction of all time um so for that i have the bullet club at number nine and number eight i gotta throw up the ones i gotta acknowledge the bloodline and the reason why i have the reason why i have the bloodline yeah and at, at number eight is just be you know just because of you know like i said you know j- j- just because of how significant how important they are when it comes to the fabric of w- wwe today because of the fact that roman reigns you know the tribal chief 
is the longest reigning universal champion of all time. I've done, you know, uh, you know, like I said, I've done multiple episodes um, about Roman. You know, you already know the whole deal. The Usos are the, lo- are the longest reigning tag team, cha- the longest reigning SmackDown tag team champions of all time. And so, be- you know, and, and so because of their sustained level, level of dominance, they definitely have to crack my top 10. Um, and, 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 and of course, you know, of course, not, not only that, but the fact that the fact that each of that they're all unified champions, Romans, unified champion, the Usos, are unified champions. The one the one thing that holds them back is their lack of collective individual success. And so the individual success um, lies on the shoulders of the tribal chief himself. So Roman is the only one who has won multiple singles titles. So the Usos are primarily tag team specialists, and they do it very, very well enough for them to make the top ten. And be, and like I said, and because of the impact impact that they're having on the current um, WWE landscape, you know, like you know, it, it's something it's something that's that certainly cannot be ignored. So for that, so for that purpose, I have to put the bullet. I mean, excuse me, I have to put the bloodline at number eight. At number seven, I have to go with the Heart Foundation. And you know, and of course, I'm you know, of course, I'm referring to the 1997 version, led by none other than Bret the Hitman Hart himself, the excellence of execution. And of course, and of course, you know, of course, this uh, this team up, this team consists consists not only of Bret, but also of Owen, um, Anvil, Davy Boy, and Brian Pillman. And so, with them, they have the edge. For me, they have the edge over the over the bloodline because they have more collective individual success. You know, <coughs> excuse me, sorry about that. You know, because they have more collective individual success. Obviously, Brett being, you know, you know, obviously, obviously with with Brett being the leader. Um, you know, I, you know, of, of course, of course, you know, of course, with him being being the world champion. Um, of you know, of, you know and that that me slow down. Um, along with uh, Owen and Davy Boy being the ta- being the tag team champions, as well as mid card champions. You know, Owen being being an IC champion. Uh, Davy Boy, Davy Boy being the European champion, and what they and what they were, what they were what they were able to do within that time frame, obviously, um, with the whole uh, heel Canada um, storyline and everything like that, and how Brett was even better on the mic um, as a heel, as, you know, as being as, as being the cynical uh, Canadian anti-American uh, heel, and um, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and, and like I said, you know, just 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 for, you know, just just for the rivalries that, that they had. Whether it was against DX, whether it was against Austin, um, you name it, and especially, especially that that um, that Canadian Stampede match is definitely all time classic, no matter what. Um, and so for you know for all those things, you know just collectively for just because of what the Hart Foundation means to uh, historically to the industry itself, I have to put them at number seven. At number six, I have to go with Evolution, and of course, Evolution obviously we all know consists of. You know, you know, consists of Triple H being the leader. You know, you know, the, you know, the, um, the guy that was the franchise player for Evolution, and of course, you have the future being Randy Orton. You know, as you know, um, of course, of, of course, like I said, you know, the, the, the like I said, uh, the, the guy that the guy that went from being the coal to you know to, to the guy the guy that went from being the coal to you know to ultimately being transformed into the diamond himself, uh, Randy Orton, aka you know, or Randall Keith Orton. You know, excuse me, um, and of course you have, of course you have the muscle being Dave Batista, and you have, let's say, the elder statement, a statesman by that point, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, and Triple H himself has even said that the evolution 
was you know was was clearly inspired by the four horsemen and obviously you can obviously you can certainly see the horsemen's imprint on them and 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 the, and the thing is um triple h became what rick flair was in the horsemen and so you know so of course of course triple of course uh, triple h was front and center and, and and the thing about evolution is that obviously they all have they all have the collective individual individual success and eventually all four of them um became world champions and all four of them um can become hall of famers yeah excuse me, brother, excuse me um, let me slow down like let me slow down of course um like i said all, all four of them have been world champions and all four of them can stand on their own as hall of famers and all four of them have highly decorated careers in their own right and so when you put all of them all of them together collectively you know that you you may, you know this consists 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 of something amazing uh the only drawback when it came to evolution was that eventually things started to get a little sort of redundant if you will a little too horseman like um especially for the era that they were in when it came to the ruthless aggression era and and, and, and eventually the the you know the biggest drawback was the fact that you know was was a, was the fact that they broke up so i think their, their breakup was was just you know was was just as impactful as their um uniting if you will and so you know and you know and, and of course and of course as a result of their breakup like i said that that this, that, that spawned the future success of randy orton and batista you know you know you know like i said just, you know just to, just to add to just to add to that that uh that collective collective championship resume and number five you know the very group that inspired evolution if anything this group you know would, would be the ultimate pioneers the game changers when it came to wrestling factions in history you know that this was by far the greatest faction of the 80s you know and so this is not other than and, you know speaking of flair this is not other than the aforementioned four horsemen obviously with rick flair being the captain being the leader you know i mean of course the four, four horsemen consists you know consists of rick flair arn anderson tully blanchard Ole, you know even Ole anderson um, you know Barry Windham, if you will, and of course, you know, in, 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 uh, excuse me, and of course with J.J. Dillon being the manager, and so, and and, and, of, and, of, course, and of course, when when it when it came to the N.W.A. or even just you know when it, when it came to factions in wrestling throughout the '80s, especially when it came to the N.W.A., the the Four Horsemen ran the table on that promotion. They had a stranglehold on the N.W.A. Flair, especially being the world champion. You know, um, Arn and Tully doing their thing as, as tag team champions, as well as as well as Mick Carter's Tully as a U.S. champion, Arn as a TV as, um, as a TV champion, and you know, and, and you know, and, and like I said, with, with the way that 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 they collectively carried the NWA, you know, with all due respect to Dusty, rest in peace, um, all due respect to Sting, the Road Warriors, but when it comes to the end of NWA, the name that you know, the, the group that comes first and foremost that. You know, at least the, the names that, that come that come to mind first and foremost are the four horsemen, predominantly Ric Flair. But with them, like I say, you know, the, the, you know, at least you know, at least the drawback, the, you know, I guess the the holdback with them was the fact that Ric Flair was, you know, was the was the main one that was, you know, that, that you know that, um, that that he was the main one that um, that, that that was at the forefront uh, when it came when it came to being the world champion. So um, you know, so, you know, so, you know, and, and not only that, but they all also had the different iterations and, and things things like that later with Lex Luger, Paul Roma, whatever, yada, yada, yada. And so to me that that's, you know, kind of you know, kind, you know, kind of like, you know, takes takes a few points away from them in that aspect. 
Um, number four, now we're in the Mount Rushmore ca- category um, as it pertains to, you know, so, you know, so, you know, so, so like, I, I'll say it like this. Um, I guess, you know, let me slow down. Now we're officially in the Mount Rushmore category when it comes to this list, the top four. At number four, this is a group that you can, you know, that, that you can make a very strong case, um, collect, you know, like, you know, at least among a lot of people for a long time, that you can make a strong case for being the GOAT faction. Um, you know, for, you know, for, for years and years, this group, um, you know, you know, like I said, you know, like I said, pretty much like I said, for, for years and years, you could very much consider that this group to be the greatest faction of all time. Them as well as the number three choice that um, that uh, that that have on this list. And these two factions ran neck and neck. But when it came to really not only pushing the envelope, but ripping the envelope up all together, um, especially when um, especially the night the night of their debut, you know, um, and we, you know, and not, not only that, not only that, but you know, but even even like you know, I'll say it like this, um, even before you know what happened to Bash at the Beach, the fact that Scott Hall and Kevin Ash came together as the outsiders and invaded WCW. And you know, and it really, and really just lit lit up a whole new fire in WCW. And then, of course, and of course, like I said, you know, of course, with uh, with Bash of the Beach um, on July seventh, you know, that, that night will live on in infamy. You know, since, you know, since since HH became you know the uh, the official third man of the group, and you know, and, and, and like I said, you know, that this this team just became just a powerhouse. You know, this you know this faction pioneers because they gave us everything that we love in wrestling today you know the these were these were you know if, if anything these were the guys that were so bad that they became cool you know if it wasn't for them you know um I mean, I, I, if, if anything I, if anything I'll, I'll say it like this they're the ones that really really put WWE on the heels um, you know, and, and if, if, if anything, if, if anything that, that forced WWE to raise his game and, to, you know, and, and you know, and, 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 and ultimately, to, it, I'll say it like this. This group was very instrumental when it came to, you know, when it came to helping WWE um, become the become the best version of themselves, you know, because with, without this group making the impact that we made, I mean, excuse me, without this group making the impact that they that they made. Um, you know, then, then I don't think, w, I don't think WWE would have been motivated, motivated enough to unleash Austin 316, DX, uh, the Attitude Era, and everything like that. Is and, and the thing is because it's mainly because of this group that WCW was able to was able to win was able to win the Monday Night Wars for like 83 weeks or so. Um, and so, when it comes to groups that they're among the highest, they have the highest selling among the highest selling merchandise of all time and it's all about three letters n w o the new world order and so you know like you know and and, and the thing is it's, it's just this like i said this this collective is you know you know this this collective group really shook the foundation of wrestling shook the very core of wrestling as we knew it at, the, at that time you know, and if anything, that you know, they they were the forefathers of controversial, edgy factions. You know, what I mean, you know, that you know, and, and, and just and just and just like I said, overall they were just an army. And and and, 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 and the thing about the NWO was that they had WCW, and like I said, you know, as as I said as, as I said said before about the Four Horsemen, 
um, in the 90s, the NWO had WCW in a stranglehold. You can very much say that they had wrestling itself um, in a stranglehold. You know, of, co- of course, eventually before Stone Cold Steve Austin took over, and you know, and and and, and you know, and of, and of course, like I said, but eventually before before Austin took over on the WWE side, and you know, of course, WWE they never looked back. But you know, but of course, like I said, you know, that's another time, another day. But um, you know, like, you know, but and and why, and why I say that that they had that they had you know WCW in a stranglehold. Um, you know, obviously, when it came to creative control, when it came to um, you know all, all the championships that, that they won as a unit, the biggest thing about the end, the biggest thing about the NWO, um, I'll say it like this: their biggest enemy were themselves. You know, the the NWO's biggest enemy was themselves, and what I mean by that was that eventually they became too big for their own good. You know. They, you know, if, if anything, they they outgrew themselves. Eventually, got got to a point where it just became just like a massive unit. And I jokingly say that the NWO were the wrestling version of the Wu Tang Clan because it just it was just like so many different members in that group. Like you, it, it just it just made your head spin. You know what I mean? So it's 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 just like you know it's pretty much got to a point where they were picking up any everybody to be a part of the NWO. You know what I mean? Um, and and and, and if. And of course, and of course, of course, at that time, that you know, of course, of course, at that t- at that time, um, they recruit. Uh, of course, at the time, if you look carefully, uh, a lot of them were a bunch of ex WWE guys. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, so, and, 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 and you know, sorry about that. Let me slow down. But like I was like I was saying before, like excuse me, like like I was saying before that, like I said, like I was saying before, the thing about the, the NWO, um, once again, they're you know, like I said, their biggest enemy, the biggest enemy were themselves because of the fact. That you know that, that their egos just completely got out of control, um, you know. Of, you know, of course, of course, when it came to politics, when it came to creative control, when it came to certain bookings and, and everything like that, eventually got too much for even Eric Bischoff himself to handle. And so by that point, they started to branch off and taper off in different, very different iterations. Whether it was the Wolfpack, um, NWO Black and White, NWO Hollywood, um, you know, even you know, and, and, and now they have even they even spawned different like offshoots. Um, of the of the NWOs, such as the LWO, rest in peace, Eddie Guerrero. But um, you know, like, but you know, but, but you know, but you know, but the, but the thing about it, like I say, you know, just like any whatever colors of the NWO, you name it, it's just like I say, it just it just grew just too much, out, to just too much out of hand. And so, um, you know, so, so like looking back overall, um, you know, like you know, like, it's it's just like the NWO had great things and also had let's just say problematic things with them. Um, so with that being said, NWO is at number four. Number three, are you ready? And that is D-Generation X. As I've said about the NWO, D-Generation X, they were, you know, like I said, they were innovators. They were trendsetters. Um, they, you know, they, like I said, you know, they, 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 definitely, had, they definitely had their finger um, on the culture, if you will. You know, and, and you know, and what I, what I mean by that is, you know, just pop culture, you know, like mainstream culture and everything like that. And so the so the original iteration of D Generation X consisted of Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and China, and um, and of course early on they even had, you know, of course, of course, and of course early on they um, early on they also had Ravishing Rick Rude as sort of their insurance policy bodyguard, if you will. Um, and 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 I'll say like that's you know, but at least well by that time Ravishing Rick had retired. But when it came when it came to that original trio of DX, as I said, the NWO, 
um, you know, to me, we're the Wu Tang Clan, Wu Tang Clan, and so, so that means so that means degeneration. That when it comes when it comes to DX, to me, they were the Run DMC of wrestling. Shawn Michaels was Run, Triple H was DMC, and China was Jam Master J. And so, um, you know, so, so, you know, so 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 of course, so I, I'll say it like this: when you slow down, when it came to that original iteration of DX, to me, there there were more um, main event center because of the fact that because of the fact that Shawn Michaels eventually became the uh, the WWF champion, along with being a European champion, and you know, and, you know, like you know, of course, of course, you know, of course, with that, you know, things, you know, with that, with the whole of Montreal situation, it was was very shaky, very controversial. Um, and even, and I was saying like this, uh, and of course, even before that, um, during, you know, if and I said like this, excuse me, uh, even, even before that, um, during that, you know, during that first DX run, we saw, um, the very first Hell in a Cell match between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker at Bad Blood. And, um, you know, and of course, you know, and of course, after, after that, Shawn became the number one contender, which led to Montreal. Um, and the, you know, that, that also, also bled, bled into, you know, uh, the scores, slow down, that also bled into, uh, the, the 1998 Royal Rumble casket match, a casket match against Undertaker, and that also that ultimately bled into WrestleMania 14, uh, where Shawn Michaels ended up dropping the title to Stone Cold Steve Austin, and and of course in Michael's absence, Triple H take you know, uh, Triple H, uh, excuse me, sorry about that. Of course in Mike in Shawn's absence, Triple H Triple H takes takes command as the captain and leader of DX, and he expands DX by bring you know of course by bringing it by bringing a very familiar face. X Pac, formerly known as the One Two Three Kid, and as as well as recruiting one of the one of the top ten greatest tag teams of all time, the New Age Outlaws, and so because of that, they eventually officially formed their own DX Army, especially at the height of the Monday Night Wars. So, when it came to the DX Army version, um, you know, you know, excuse me, like I said, you know, like at least when it came when it came to the 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 um, the, the Monday the newer Monday Night Wars iteration. Of DX, aka the DX Army, you know, led by Triple H, China, X Pac, and the New New Age Outlaws. Um, I would say that they that they definitely provided you know some very some very entertaining uh, segments and, ma- and matches. Well, you know, I mean, you know, I was, I was like, you know, certain stuff was entertaining, but all, but also, but even with that, looking back on it, um, certain stuff just doesn't quite age well. But uh, but I said like you know probably my uh, my, fa- my favorite moment of course was when DX um, invaded WCW and and, and um, you know so, so you know and of course with that that certainly you know certainly spiked the ratings in WWE's favor you know and, you know just just just, be, just because so many people were you know just so many so many people so many people were tuned in and they were eager to see what DX would do next or what you know what WWE would would do next. And so, and, and the thing is, because of that, this was truly a real wrestling war, a legit war. And the fact, the fact that they arrived to WCW's arena um, with an army tank, with fatigues and everything like that, um, you know, that, 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 you know, of course, that was symbolically that their way of firing, firing their own shot. And so I think, you know, and the thing is, I think initially, initially Kevin Nash actually wanted DX to come through, you know, you know, you know, at least, you know, I'll say like this, just you know, at least, at least, especially, at least for the sake of, you know, I'll say like, excuse me, I think initially, I think initially, initially, Kevin Nash actually, 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 actually wanted to see DX come through, you know, especially, you know, especially for the sake of, you know, the whole warfare thing and everything, everything like that, 
but Bischoff was like, no, um, you know, we don't really want that. We don't really want to, you know, garner that, garner that type of attention. Um, you know, but, you know, but, you know, but, but, you know, but of course in hindsight, um, that was, that was certainly, a, a, certainly, a, a, you know, a, a decision that WCW, um, you know, that I believe that WCW, WCW will end up regretting, um, you know, and, 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 and you know, and, and, you know, and of course, of course, of course, in, in large part, you know, like I say, you know, in large part, because this would have been a great crossover, um, thing, if you will, you know, and if anything, there was always this, uh, fantasy matchup between DX versus NWO. And of course, you know, of course, unfortunately, we we're not able to see that. If anything, that was the closest version, the closest thing that we would have gotten to that. Um, and on the flip side, you know, because the fact that DX is very controversial, like as, as I've said before, certain things do not age well, namely the nation domination, blackface impression. Um, you know, but you know, but of course, with that aside, they definitely had a great rivalry with the nation. You know, like so, you know, outside that segment, um, and because and, 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 and the impact impact that it had was. That, it, that there was there was a there was a further stepping stone you know to catapult both triple h and the rock to individual greatness and success um and of course that feud was culminated with their uh, with, with that with that um that's with that summer slam match for the intercontinental title of course triple h ended up winning and we all know the rest is history um however dx you know uh, would eventually would eventually break up and have like you know and like reunite reunite have iterate different iterations and later on they will come back more so as, as a tag team with Shawn Michaels and Triple H. <clears throat> so, um, you know, so, so of course, with that being said, DX, you know, certainly a revolutionary faction in their own right. They're at number three. And if anything, I'm more of a, you know, I guess it's a bias. I'm more of a DX guy than NWO guy. I'm not even going to lie. Um, but, you know, but either way, both of these teams are very interchangeable um, when, it, when, it come, when it comes to the rankings. And number two, you know, this is a, this is another team that has a very strong argument, certainly, certainly when it comes to um, modern teams and just the impact that this, that, you know, that this team has had when it comes to generation. Their their initials stand for Sierra, Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta. I said it all. The Shield. You know, um, start you know starring Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, at the time Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley. And so the shield completely came out of nowhere, you know, and, 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 and if anything, when it comes to this generation, even collectively, the shield was certainly game changers, you know, and, 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 and the thing about the thing about it was that, you know, like, like I said, the thing about the shield was that they had presence. Um, they were certainly, uh, mer- you know, uh, merch movers. They were extremely popular, you know, like, you know what I mean? So, you know, like, and, and not only that, but they also had great quality matches. They had great dance partners, whether it was the Wyatt family, or um, uh, those back-to-back matches with with Evolution, and the fact that the Shield defeated three um, Hall of Famers, you know, like you know, you know, like excuse me, but the fact that the Shield convincingly convincingly defeated three future Hall of Famers, you know, um, you know, like you know, with 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 with, with like multiple at least was like thirty-four uh, world titles combined, you know, and the fact that the Shield beat them. In convincing fashion, before any of their members ever became uh, world champions, single stars in their own right, you know. So that was certainly certainly a passing of the torch, and you know, and, and you know, and, and like I said, you know, just just, just the impact, just the impact that, that the shield has, um, you know, like you know, just the impact that the, that the shield had had had, had on the industry 
uh, then and even now, and also to see where they've grown and the collective success that each of them have had. You know, like, like, of course, Roman speaks for herself. Seth Rollins carved his own path. Um, Ambrose slash Moxley carved his own path. And so, you know, so, so each of them on their own can, you know, can become fu- can become future Hall of Famers. And they've all had, you know, like I said, monumental success. Um, but, you know, but, but, but I, but I said like that's probably the biggest, I said, I said like the most famous moment of the Shield other than their debut. Um, you know, actually, you know what? Let me backtrack. Like I said, you know, like I said, like I said, just the thing about the Shield was just how just how dominant they were from the beginning all the way to the end, and they straight up clean house no matter where they were, no matter what opponent they were going up against, whether it was Undertaker, Cena, The Rock, it didn't matter. The Shield were there to to clean house, collect names, whatever you know what I mean. And so, but like I said, you know, like what the thing about the Shield was that just as great as their debut was their breakup was just as big, if not bigger. And so, um, you know, and if, and the thing about the shield was that, you know, I, I said, and, I, and the thing is, I think because of that, um, that's what, you know, to me, to, to me, to me, what puts them at number two is the fact that even though they all have had individual success, have all become world champions. The pro- the problem with them is that they had that betrayal, that breakup. Number one, it's no surprise the team that I have, you know, that 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 whose praises that I've sung, who's um, you know, you know, if, if, you know, for the longest time, the very team, the very team that I did an entire episode for during Black History Month, and that is none other. At number one, I'll continue to stand on this hill. It is the New Day. And, you know, sorry about that. At number one, none other than the New Day, consisting of. The mastermind behind it, the, the mastermind himself, Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, and Big E. And what makes them number one is the fact that they that they were all able to lift each other up. They were all able to, um, you know, you know, have tremendous, incredible success without having to break up, without having to, without having to have any type of betrayals, even a hint of a betrayal. This group did not have, and the fact that they were able to take. A gimmick that, that otherwise would have made them look like caricatures, you know, make them look, you know, like made them look very cartoonish. But they, you know, but but they took that gimmick and made something special out of it. They took that gimmick and made it their own. They they you know they remixed they re- remixed it, um, reshaped it, reformed it in their own image, and just add their own they add their own personality. And it just it just goes to show that you know that, that you know just it, of course of course you know of course it goes to show that as black people as African Americans. We're not a monolith. We don't all think the same. We don't, you know, we don't all look the same, walk the same, everything like that. And New Day shows that that they can that they can have success. They can be themselves. You know, that, you know that they can be gamers, cosplayers, and still get the job done in the ring. Um, you know, and, and, if, and, and also when it, when it comes to merchandise movers, New Day, there was even a point where they even beat John Cena in merchandise. You know what I mean, and and, and, and so um, you know, and, and like you know, and, and, and just like I said, with their collective success, the fact that they've had two out of three world champions, Kofi with Kofi Mania, Kofi Mania, and of course Big E with the cash in, Xavier Woods the King of the Ring, um, they're eleven time tag team champions, the longest reigning world tag team champions in WWE history, and you know, and, and, and like I said, when it comes to merchandise numbers, m- merchandise numbers, they speak for themselves. The fact they even beat Cena in merchandise before. You know what I mean, and, and, of, and of course, like I said, you know, great matches, great quality matches, all those things. 
because of that, the New Day are number one. So those are my top 10 factions of all time. I also like to tell you about Anchor. It is an app that you can use to record your podcast for free. Anchor will distribute your podcast to different platforms from Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, any, Stitcher, anywhere you want. All you have to do is go to Anchor for free. So birthdays. Um, you know, you know, so, of course, we're going to go into the birthday section. Um, on June 20th, Kiara Sherry Kelly turned 35. On June 21st, Chris Pratt turned 43. On June 22nd, NBA legend Clyde Dressler turned 60. Uh, on, on June 22nd, uh, the late great Pistol Pete Maravich turned, would, have, would have turned 75. On, on, June, on June 23rd, actress Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep turned 73. On, um, on June 23rd, director Joss, Joss Whedon turns 58. Um, on June 24th, Solange turns 36. And June 24th, Lionel Messi turns 35. Before I go, I'd like to give a word of wisdom. Look, look out for those who are rejected because God could launch them into greatness. No matter what your challenges are, remember that God has a plan for your life. You are victorious because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you put God in first place, you don't have to worry about being in last place. Make sure to listen to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or iTunes. Thank you very much for listening.